my loves. I am driving right now, but I was asked a question in IG, and here's the situation, and I just want to be able to go over this with you guys, because I know that there's more than just one person who, who has this question in mind. So here's the scenario. The person is married, um, has chosen and took a, a long time to choose whether or not to leave the relationship, and finally came to a decision that they faced where they decided that, yes, this was the right time for them to do it. Uh, the partner left the home. And the partner left the home. And so the question is this, why did I take so long to make this decision? And I'm coming to a red light, so I'll be able to just go back in and see. Okay, I feel like, da, 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 fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just need some reassurance. I'm on the right path. I feel like I'm, I am, I guess I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not reading this correctly. All right. I feel like, okay, fast forward, fast forward. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so going to have to edit this. I just need some reassurance that I'm on the right path. I feel like I, I am, I guess. I'm just scared, but I have a plan. Would you be able to tell me why I'm second guessing myself and why did I take so long to finally make this decision? Thanks, love. All right, my beautiful queen, uh, here's the thing. We take a long time sometimes to make a final decision. Not let me, let, me, let me share something with you guys. Every situation has a expiration date in which it's going to take you a process in order to make a final decision. Sometimes I can make decisions quick on the spot. I'm like, no, this is not for me. No, this is not what I need to be doing. No, I'm good. No, yes, this is this is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm headed. Even if I'm afraid, I'm going to go for it right now. So there are times where I feel like I can make that right now final decision. And then there are other decisions that have so many other people involved and at play that it takes me time to process a decision because I'm taking account to everyone involved and then where I'm at in the situation. So the timetable is based on right timing for each individual that is participating in this decision-making process that you're about to make, okay? And also, I'm going by based off of my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my well-being, my timetable. You know, my mind might be ready, but my heart is not ready. So I have to wait till my heart catches up. I have to honor my heart. My heart takes the, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, you know. And sometimes my heart might be like, save me, save me now. Do this, do this right now. And my mind is like, uh, hold up. Logically, it's not the right time for that. If we do it right now because you're feeling so uncomfortable, it would screw things up. So you have to just chill a little bit. And then I have to apply healthy coping skills to my heart and to my mind. Each, Whichever one is wanting for me to move quicker than, than the other. Right? So, um, and there'll be times where my mind is like, all right, my love, you know, to my heart, it's like, we're ready. Let's get going. Let's do this right now. And my heart's like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? And my mind is like, yeah, we, we can't waste any more time. It's got to happen right now. And of course, vice versa, my heart might be like, listen, right now. And my mind is like, listen, let's take some time to think about this. 
and my heart is like, we don't have time. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Move, you know. Um, and then the body is in fear, or the body is responsive to some form of discomfort, or uh, despair, or whatever the case may be. So, not only is your mind, your heart, and your body going through some ish, or needing to process to make a final decision or a final movement. But again, you have maybe other people that are involved, little people, right? Children, you have a job, you have your parents, their parents, whoever's involved. Um, there are people that are looking up to you. There are people who were believing in you. I remember when I was going through my divorce, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, we were the, the replica of what people admired and what they had hoped for. We gave people hope. And me making a decision to have a divorce was going to take the hope of the people away. And that, that weighed so heavy on me. And the other thing that weighed heavy on me with my decision at that time was the stigma that came with single moms, right? Oh, I was going to be a single mom and the stigma of what that comes with. And you can name quite a few things as if, you know, some of the things were like, uh, I didn't belong to someone, so I wasn't lovable or who was going to want me with my two children. Um, and so, you know, the list goes on. <laughs> single single uh, mom, single dad stigmatism comes with so many different dynamics of it, depending on the culture, depending on where you come from. So I decided that day that I was not going to take on someone else's perception of what single moms go through or what it looks like. Even though I did experience some of those aspects of things, you know, the struggling financially, um you know, raising two children on my own, having to get up and do everything myself, those type of things, right? Because even though I got into a relationship uh, soon after, which is another stigma, um, and also something I should not have done, it was the one of the worst decisions that I've made in my life, was going from one relationship and diving into another, thinking that it was the right idea and that this person was indeed the one. Um <laughs> I laugh at my old self. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, okay. You were, he was just hot and he was giving you everything that you wanted and everything that you had desired. And then once he had you, he stopped. Yeah, that was that was it. <laughs> That's what I went through. So um and you know, just going through some of those silly things, um, and of course, you know, having to, and some single moms, they will depend on another person to take care of them. But I wasn't, I wasn't given that, that type of environment. Um, I definitely had to come up with half of everything, even, you know, food, <laughs> dinner, drinks, like whatever. Uh, there was an obligation there to, to provide for myself always, uh, even though I was in a relationship. And now I'm at a complete stop. Um, I came to get some coffee, which would be absolutely delicious and amazing. So I'm so excited to be able to have coffee today because I don't have coffee often. I do play around with when I have coffee. Uh, side note. And 
So, you know, when you're making decisions, back to that, <laughs> back to that, by the way, when you're making decisions, you know, if some things are going to take longer than others, especially if they're in debt, right? Especially if you spend years with someone, you can't just up and leave. Like that's not usually, usually how it works. Usually we're, you know, having to process and it takes us months, even years. It took me three years before I left my marriage and you know, I, and I did, I did warn him three years prior and I said, Hey, you know, I want us to work on ourselves. You know, I want you to work on yourself. I'm going to work on myself. I know it's going to take me about three years to really just, cause I knew, I, I knew what I had gone through as a child, what I had gone through in my adulthood, some of the choices and decisions that I made, some of the change in thought and application of self-love and all the research I was doing at the time. It's when I started my self-love journey and when I started to research what self-love was and is. And um, I knew I was going to go on a journey. And, you know, the introduction and the foundational work that goes into that does take three to five years. Don't, don't kid yourselves, right? The self-love journey is a lifestyle and a lifelong journey. Uh, relationship that you have with yourself that you have to maintain. If you can be married to yourself for that long and you can go through the ups and downs of the dynamics of the different versions of yourself, then you're able to offer that to someone else and you're able to withstand the trials and the tribulations of their movement and their changes and their, you know, ups and downs as well. So relationships are not for everyone. Don't kid yourselves if you think that it's going to be simple because it's not. And in, in that whole theory of it all, I did offer him the opportunity to work on himself. He told me no. <laughs> he literally said no. The words no, I'm not going to do that. I don't have that kind of time. I need to work and I need to, um, and I need to finish school. That's what I need to do. So he chose his path. Now, he could have gone along with his self-love journey and gone to school and, you know, gone to work because his work was more of a simple aspect of things. It wasn't going to, it wasn't a heavy job load. He was able to just go on autopilot, sit behind a desk and participate. So when you have that kind of job, it's easier for you to go through self-love because if there is ups and downs to your day, you can pretty much go to work and be an actor or an actress because you can't bring that emotional-ish um, to work, if you will, you know, with all due respect, you know, because you do have your good days and your bad days, especially when you come to a realization where you're like, oh, snap, I didn't know that this was an issue for me. I have to work on that. That's going to take me a couple of weeks, even a month, right? So I already know that when I find out something new about myself, it's going to take me either within 24 hours to up to 30 days to really like process something. Sometimes things will take over a year, um, such as for some of my clients, sexual abuse can take over a year or two or three. It depends how in-depth the abuse was. Physical abuse is the same. Different forms of abuse. Um can be a, 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 a lifelong process, if you will, depending on, you know, how, depending on your personality, character, how much you want to dive into it, how much time you spend, and also what professional you're using to help you, uh, to give you that support to go through the process. And, um, one of the things, my, my journey with money, I think took me quite some time because that was such a, 
deep dynamic, I, you know, again, it depends if you have the money you can afford for someone to bring you along quicker and faster, right? So things can actually move kind of fast or kind of slow depending on your resources, depending on your readiness, depending on your character and your belief systems and your perception shifts if you allow them to happen when they need to happen and how quickly you allow them to happen. Mouthful, but I know that you can always rewind if you need. And um, all right, so I think I went over the decision-making process, of course, and then I want to just... I'm second-guessing myself and why I take so long to finally make a decision. Second-guessing yourself is it's such a craft and it's such a skill and it's such a beautiful experience. You have to second-guess yourself. If you love yourself, you'll second-guess yourself. Should I say that again? If you love yourself, you will second-guess yourself. Here's why. Because you want to make sure you know, you want to cross your T's, dot your I's. You want to second guess yourself because all of a sudden, my love, in order to make a decision, you become a scientist. A scientist covers all the truths, all the logics. It applies theory. It applies form. It applies truth. It, uh, it puts two things together and sees what the results will come out to be. And then it, it takes it away. And then it does it again. It adds those two components again to see if it's going to get the same result as it did last time. So when you're a scientist, you are in motion and you are sitting there uh, comprehending what has taken place. You're looking at the theory. You're seeing if you're proven the case over and over again, time and time again. That's why sometimes I think we sit in a relationship. Oh, this is so much fun. Can I share this with you guys? In both of my long relationships, one I was with in for 10 years, and I'm going to turn my car off, and, and the other I was with for seven years, Talk about withstanding discomfort for long periods of time. I am the queen of that. But there was a method to my madness. The reason why I chose to do that was because I wanted to prove my case. So in the relationship, and in the second relationship, this is what happened. And this happened in the first relationship, but the second relationship is a little more fresh. You know, as you heal and as you move forward, you start to forget all the crap you went through or the things that you did. So I'm just kind of remembering this verbatim because I totally forgot that I was doing this. But I saw that he would he would try and then he would go back to being who he was and he would try and he would go back to being who he was. And I started to kind of play with how long it took him to detach again and to forget to maintain me. And he would... It would last, in both relationships, it would last about three months. Sorry, my car just decided to give me a, a warning about the battery. Uh, so it would always last about three months, right? Because I would be on guard for three months. So their movement was based off of my movement. The more secure and comfortable I was, the more they felt comfortable and secure to know that they could go back to sitting into the position that they most feel the most comfortable. But their most comfortable position is my most uncomfortable position for me. It's where I feel the most unloved, unappreciated, uncared for. And some of the movement that existed during those times is lack of touch. And, you know, then I thought to myself, well, why do I, why have I chosen to spend my uh, time with two people uh, who are giving me the same things, right? Well, let's take, let's, let's take a list. So I decided to take a list of 
what they gave me, all right? Lack of touch, uh, lack of affection and care, um, no, not really any affirmation much of any. My first, mar- my first relationship, he did give me affirmations. He would say, uh, he's like, man, you're such a beautiful creature, you know, like you're such a creature. He would always say that I was a beautiful creature and he wouldn't say it a lot, but he would say it. So when he did say it, it would help during the times where he wasn't saying it. I would remember and that would kind of help keep me going, but it wasn't on a continual basis. And I'm not the kind of person that needs a lot of affirmation, but I'm the kind of person that gives a lot of affirmation. Like, you're so sexy. You know, I would say things like, you're so sexy, you're so cute, you're so, like, you know, and just touching their their body uh, because I my love language is, is touch and quality. Okay, I'm back. I had to pause. So, uh, yeah, touch and quality time. And, you know, sometimes when you... And going back to like second guessing yourself because you're going back and forth and you're analyzing who you are, you're analyzing what you desire, what you want and where you're going. You're also analyzing where they are, who they are, where they're going, what they desire, what kind of personality traits they have. And you you have to second guess yourself because you're doing trial and error and you're mixing up dynamics to see what makes sense. And you know, in second guessing, you know, sometimes they offer you something that's like, oh, this makes me feel so good. This is the person I fell in love with. This is who I desire. This is who I'm interested in. Should I leave? Maybe I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I should stay. Maybe I should. And then you go through that whole thing and then they go back to who they truly are. And then that's when you're like, yeah, maybe I should go. Yeah, maybe I should move on. Maybe I should move uh, in this direction. The second guessing comes from multiple situations, kind of like what we just talked about. So it's normal. It's normal to second guess yourself. It's normal to take long to make a specific decision, especially if it's heavy. And before you make the decision, especially when it's heavy, you do go back and forth, you know, deciding and second guessing. And, uh, it's just more about clarity. You're looking for a, a finality, if you know if I could say that, um, to the movement in which you desire to move. But you have to keep going back and forth. You've got to go from this direction to this direction, back to this direction, back to that direction, in order to finally make a decision. You've got to do. You got. It's just like a ball. It's like what is that? Handball? Is it handball? Where you know, you hit the ball to one wall, then you hit the ball to another wall, and you're just letting it bounce from one direction to the other until it finally comes to a what? A stop. And the ball starts to slow down, and it gets closer and closer to the ground so that it becomes grounded, right? Once it hits the ground and it becomes grounded, it rolls because it's round, and then it comes to a stop. And it waits for someone else to pick it up, (laughs) right? So you are a ball that's just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until you start to settle down into where you desire to be. You know, I'm visualizing, I don't know if you guys are from, um, if you're from close to the beach or New York or up north, handball 
was a, it's a game that you play with your friend or with yourself. You can play with yourself. And it's a blue ball that you use and you smack the ball toward the wall. It's kind of like tennis. Um, it's a really cool game. You'll have to Google it. But so don't be hard on yourself. It's a normal process to second guess before a final decision is made. And it is normal for you to make a quick decision, for you to make a decision that takes a couple of weeks or days or hours or even years to make because of the heaviness of that decision. Also, sometimes you have to wait to see what will transpire and what will uh, unfold before you can make a final decision. So that takes time. So you need patience. That's what you need. Patience, understanding, and you need to have, you, need, you just need to have the understanding that this is going to happen this way. And that's normal. So that's what I have for you on decision making. It's a bonus track that I'm going to uh, send out today. So I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get my coffee and I'm going to go back home and just uh, have some fun. I'm planning uh, the Bali retreat right now. For those of you who are interested, I have about four people going. I don't want to make it too, too big. So I might break it up into two different vacations, um, not vacation, yeah. retreat vacations. Uh, so that way I can really give to you guys in smaller groups and smaller doses because I really want you to walk away with exactly what you need. And I know that I can do that in a larger group, but I think it would be much more intimate and special if I keep the group a little bit on the smaller scale. So for those of you who are interested, reach out to me very, very quickly so that we can get you um and, you know, we can hold the spot for you. I love you guys. I'm Elsie Blast, your life and love coach and health psychologist. Thank you so much for your questions. I will talk to you all next time. Keep those questions coming through the DMs of any of the social media uh, sites that I have. And I will bring it to Smart Love Moves, the podcast. Take care.